Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. Hello, and we're in the middle of Midna Festival weekend this week, so we thought we'd get our fangs into a werewolf-themed episode. Sorry for the terrible pun there. We're joined by co-presenter Keith. Hi, Keith. Uh, good afternoon. <laughs> afternoon. George has returned from a trip to London and have. having fun in MCN Comic Con. I missed uh, you guys. Yes, we missed you too. Yes, we did. <laughs> Producers Guy and Sean are in. Hello, boys. Yo. Hello. And we have special guest Steve Green, who's from Birmingham Horror Club, plus Ancillary, many, many, many other things. And many other things, yes. I'm afraid, yes. Hi, Ryan. Hi there. So we'll be talking about that soon, playing our usual round of top trumps. Uh, I'm the victim of Pound Shop cosplay this week. So we'll get a tweet picture of that on Twitter later. Hi, this is Garrett Wong. I played Instant Harry Kim on Star Trek Voyager, and you're listening to Brum Radio. Uh, right, so now we're speaking to Steve Green, who is freelance jour- journalist extraordinaire. I mean, I think you've written for pretty much every single horror magazine the UK has ever had. Well, the ones that pay, and yeah. some of the ones that don't pay as yeah. well, right. And you're actually here to talk about Birmingham Horror Club today, I believe. That. Well, the Birmingham Horror Group, yeah. Um, yeah. We, are, we, we, we launched in December. Yes. As a sort of a friendly hangout, essentially informal friendly mm-hmm. hangout in a local pub yeah. for people who like films, who are like horror yeah. films, horror comics, horror books. Yeah. You know. Essentially, as we, as we said in the sort of the terribly rambling PR that we sent out, you know, if you like M.R. James or Guillermo del Toro or mm-hmm. Sam Raimi or yeah. know, the, the Walking Dead comic, I guess, I mean, all of that, yeah. the whole panoply, because there, there aren't too many people. Uh, are just essentially sitting at home, you know, watching uh, watching stuff on the computer yeah. or so trying joining, to the joining a Facebook or whatever it is called. Yeah. Um, and but we're trying to get people talking to each other face to face again, yeah. you know, as people used to do in the old days, you know, by candlelight. Mm-hmm. So would you say horror is having a bit of a resurgence at the minute? I mean, a low budget horror seems to be excelling well, very well. I would, I'd, 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 apparently so, and also the uh, the sort of the uh, bolt on stuff as yeah. well. Um, Alan Bryce, who edits um, Dark Side magazine, which is one yeah. of the magazines I work for occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, I'm one of their regular reviewers, uh, his sales have apparently gone up, and yeah. just a couple of days ago, the official announcement went out that Fear magazine is coming back, yeah. after several attempts to boot it back up again. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sadly went out of print off print completely yeah. as it were, the print medium back in the 90s mm-hmm. and it had a kind of an online presence for a while but it's yeah. coming back it's going to be in it's going to be yeah. news agents yeah, again. That so that's, that's two big magazines that will return to the fold yeah and so, so, you know, so yes this people are interested in actually um, seeing yeah. stuff again yeah so with with the Birmingham Horror Group if somebody's attending for the first time what can they expect there uh, well first they expect to buy me a drink that's the first <laughs> thing um, but no, no it's just generally a chat I mean uh, we're having a, an informal night tonight yes at the Spread Eagle pub and Acot Screen yes. 7 o'clock onwards just on the Warwick Road opposite uh, Sainsbury mm-hmm. so yeah so you also actually run a horror based website I believe which is the Rose of Ivan well I, I, I'm with my with my um, Colleague Chrissy Harper, we yeah. run uh, we run Rose of Ibon, yeah, which is a review site, mm-hmm. which is uh, Rose of I- Rose of Ibon, E I B O N, and that's uh, yeah, that's a site where you know people can you know read our reviews, yeah, read the latest latest stuff. A lot of the reviews that I write are the ones that will eventually appear in Dark Side, for instance. Yeah, 
Um, but we also we also have a, a long line of uh, t-shirts mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which Chrissy designs. Yeah, and believe uh, you also. Do, I'm wearing one right now, in fact. Yeah, I believe you also do some publishing, and you got a YouTube channel as well. Yeah, we've just started Ghost Words TV, which again is making use of the internet. Yeah, but the internet, unfortunately, is a good and a bad thing. It's it's good in so much as it means that we can, you know, like like Ramsey can turn up at the group. Yeah, um, and also we can do discussions. In fact, when hopefully we launch a series of film events in Birmingham mm-hmm. later this year, um, we will be able to get the directors. Yeah to you know, make personal appearances via yeah. the internet, which is terrific. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it is getting people to be lazy and sitting in their little rooms and you know, yeah, not I mean, interacting with people, which is we want to get come out and you know, yeah, which watch, is why watch got the, the interaction, but in, a, in an audience. Yeah, which is why you've got the Birmingham Horror Group to counterpoint exactly that. Exactly, that's the exact point, Darren. Yeah, so what does so, right. so what do you actually show on your YouTube TV show. I mean, I watched a couple. Oh, of the, well, the YouTube, the, the YouTube has only just started. But I mean, yeah. the the first one, for instance, we have a. a I, I interview Ramsey. We talk about H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, and there's there's various items um, yeah. about the episode of David Bowie and stuff like that. We yeah. did this at the start of the year. So, where can we find you online at the website and on Twitter? Well, the 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 Rose of Ibon website is yeah. Rose of Ibon. And that's E-I-B-O-N. E-I-B-O-N, yeah. Um, you can see some of my old journalism stuff when I, when I used to work for Darkside in the old days and other <laughs> magazines like SFX, Fantasia, etc. Yeah. And Critical Wave, the magazine that I did for nine years, Yeah. madly. Um, that was, that's uh, Ghost Words, G-H-O-S-T-W-O-R-D-S yeah. dot co UK. And you can find the rest of it, I guess. At, oh, the Birmingham Horror. Of course, the obvious yeah, one. Birmingham-horror.co.uk, yeah. which has got all the information on tonight's meeting, yep. which, sadly, we can't drag you along to. No, unfortunately, I'm already out for somebody's 30th birthday party. But <laughs> How dare these people be bored in the same room? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's the thing, anyway. Yeah, but yeah. that's 7 o'clock at the Spread Eagle. 7 o'clock at the Spread Eagle in this A-Cox month. Uh, next month, it'll be towards the city centre. Yeah. Possibly just down the road from this studio. So. Yeah, and we can keep an eye on your Twitter feed at Steve and um, Steve at, underscore at Steve Ghost Words Steve afraid, underscore yes, Ghost, Steve yeah, Ghost, Ghost Words. Words yeah so we can look on there and you'll keep updates on when they're well, we can't always promise that our meetings will coincide with some sort of lunar no. things yes <laughs> well, well it's a way but unfortunately the barman <laughs> barman is our current pub happens to be a werewolf so <laughs> we have to be very yeah <laughs> that's brilliant thank you very much and now it's time for Cosplay. It's that time again where we dress up for very limited money. And it's the turn of the geeky brewing himself, Ryan Parrish, who has now just <laughs> entered the studio. <laughs> um, he's gone lunar, lunar themed, I've got to say. He is. Uh, he is. He's a wolf man. I'm going to say what he says because he's very muffled. It's it's a fantastic effort, I've got to say, Ryan. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, you look like something from maybe a kids' TV show, to be yes. honest with you. I look like something from the Mighty Boosh. Yes, I'd say <laughs> that. It's about the level of like early Doctor Who monsters. It's definitely the sort of inspired by it. <laughs> uh, did you buy like some the, wool for the? Uh, it for it her? was wool, yes, wool. It, uh, the grand total of the profit was a sorry, grand total of the costume was three pounds. Three pounds. Which is a tiger mask. Which That's is not bad. Black. 
I have the world's hottest furry hat on, which is actually sweltering me at the moment, which I cut a little bit off to make a little bit of a beard on the mask. And I have, sorry, four pounds, because I have black fingerless gloves, which have been lovingly sewed by my wife, Vivian, <laughs> to have lots of grey wool dangling off. I'm a bit disappointed you haven't gone all the way and gone for the feet as well. Well, I thought I'd go Wolfman rather than Werewolf. I mean, it is Pound Shop cosplay, not not spend as much money as you humanly possibly can. I mean, it is a fantastic effort. I've got to say, it's one of the best ones I've yeah. seen so far. And um, I'm going to have to take it off because I'm going to die otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see the reveal. The change back to human form. Oh, I've reverted to human form. It's Ryan! Hello! <laughs> I mean, you look that cost. <laughs> You look so fluffy that I actually want to give you a hug right now, to be honest with you. I look like something that's going to be a special interest show on Channel 4 in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that particular <laughs> show from a few weeks, uh, your inspiration now? You think you'll use well, that? You'll use that uh, poss- costume. Possibly some inspiration from that show. But, oh, yes, it is that warm in the studio. I am, like, perspiring to a great extent. I'm glad I've actually got furry collars to wipe my can you wear those glo- lo- gloves on your hands for the rest of the day? No, because they're very hot. <laughs> you, should, you can get a bit of dusting done at home yeah. with that when you're just <laughs> popping around the house, just to, like keep everything nice and tidy. Multi-purpose costume. Yeah, multi-purpose costume. Uh, Steve, what did you think of today's pound trip? I, I think it's pretty impressive. It's, it's a personal tribute, I think, since you're a yeah. DJ, to the great Wolfman Jack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm thinking that we just take you through the centre of Birmingham, pop you over to the ball ring and just... just <laughs> Start scaring people. Well, I think we should just sit behind the piano. I wish I could play the piano. Yes, that'd be a brilliant way to do yeah, it. Yeah. But we could have you do some kind of wrestling match or fight with the bull. Yes, you, you can take it. <laughs> just ride the bull. Wolfman yeah, on the bull. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and you're listening to Brum Radio. It's time to play Top Trumps, I believe. Is it going to play? It is playing. Is it playing? Now it's there, playing. There it's, there it's, playing. <laughs> it's difficult it's playing. for Ryan to work the desk with those furry paws. <laughs> right, so not good for it, yes. it is time for our regular feature, which is Top Trumps in the studio. Uh, Guy, give us an update on the scores. Where are we? <laughs> right. I'll, I'll work it out. Right. Keith, Keith's winning. Keith was at one and a half points. I was at one point, I believe. Uh, producers were at half a point. Guests are currently on zero. So, Steve, this is a great chance to make some ground up. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. and George is on one. I think point. I've got a point, which I'm quite yes. happy about, considering I've not been here for two yeah. weeks. Right. Yes. I, my, I'm abstaining from this on the grounds that I'm completely stupid when it comes to games involving cards. Yes. So Keith's going to represent our guest today. Uh, yes, I should do that. Yes. Who's representing Keith? You can represent Keith. Who's representing you? producers? What? So, uh, oh. so let me get this right. So Guy is now Keith. Keith is now the guest. Can Keith? <laughs> can Keith just? I, sh- I shall represent Guy in that case. <laughs> It's, all, it's an all transformation week. Yeah. Uh, Keith, can you just be Keith? Yes, Keith will be Keith. Okay. It's, we'll just give the guests half a point this yes. week. <laughs> yes. Right, so those wow. who've never played top In that case, I've just increased the guest score. Yeah, so you're off That's the mark. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so for those who've never played top trips before, you pick a category out of the four on the card, and the tops, the highest score wins after guys tantrum the last week. <laughs> outrage, outrage. <laughs> Michael Douglas. Right, so who's going to start off? There we go. Well, we let George we'll get George's back. George, you first. Okay, doke. Uh, I'm going to start with. I think we've got cat themed top trumps this week. Yes. Uh, I'm going to start with. I think the breed of cat that I would be if I was a cat, the Bengal. Uh, and I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with mischief rating uh, of 75. Ooh, impressive. 
So I'm, I'm going to go, uh, in that case, with the wonderfully named Norwegian Forest. <laughs> a, a cat breed. I don't, I don't yes. know what these names are. Is it his real name? He looks very regal on the photograph. Uh, who has a, a mischief rating of 89. Ooh. Impressive. Right, I'm going to go with this one. Lol cats. I don't know what it is, but they must be laughing out loud. Mischief rating, 97. Come on. <laughs> Right, I'm going to blow you all out the water. There is a cat protection leash stray cat with a top trump's mischief rating of 99. Oh, they're only causing mischief because they're stray. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's quite a nip. Surely, uh, surely the cat protection league ones would be would be good well, cats. cats. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea, but I'm going to take that as a win. Keith, your turn. Okay, um, so let's go with, in this case, um, a cat very dear to my heart because it has no tail. The Manx cat, mm-hmm. uh, who has a rarity factor of nine. Mm, impressive. Got Japanese bobtail. This cat is as rare as an eight. Oof. I have a tiger. <laughs> I didn't pick these cards to say I was out of the room when these cards been shuffled, but I have the tiger, which is the top trump, with a rarity rating of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go with... I haven't got anything very rare. Uh, I'm going to go with the Aussie cats, which has got a rarity of 7. Mm, tiger's a bit of a leap from the kind of like... Yeah. You know, cat protection lead stray cat to a tiger. Well, some people do have them as house cats, which is a very, very dangerous thing to do and we do not recommend. Siegfried and Roy kind <laughs> yes. of examples, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going with Egyptian meow. Meow. Meow, I don't know how you say yeah. that. Top Trump's mischief rating again. It's an 88. Is that two fat ladies in bingo? Yes. Yes. Right. Right. I have Gumball, who I've never actually heard of, which really disappoints my geeky knowledge. Never heard of Gumball. No, really disappointed on my geeky knowledge. But apparently, it's cat factors. It's believed that Isaac Newton invented the cat door. (laughs) There there are real cat fans out there listening to this that are just top Trump mischief rating is a 90. Right, I'm not being funny. How have you beaten my cat, which is a genuine picture of a cat, and you've got a drawing on a card? <laughs> you pick the cards. You pick the cards. Definitely cheating going on. What, what's yours called again, Guy? Egyptian meow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's beaten me as well. Uh, Ragdoll, Mr. Pricing of 80, you've beaten me as well. Uh, I've got a rather attractive-looking Persian cat. Who, again, he's a real cat again. Um, and I must, must, I didn't know this, but the cat fact for the Persian. Surely you should be brilliant yeah. specific. But it says cat's ho- growth hormone is released only during sleep, mm. so kittens need it dearly. But don't just, all cats just sit around so sleeping until they kind of get and educational with and entertaining. Uh, and that's just to cover up the fact that I've only got a mystery for any of seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> so three nil so far for me, guys. All right, we're down to our final card. I have the Turkish van. Not not a not a vehicle this time. It no, is an actual cat. cat. <laughs> it is an actual cat, and its cat fact is unlike other cats, the Turkish van's fur insulates them from water, and they love it. None of these cats are real. Oh, really? <laughs> sure. Well, I'll tell you what. Gumball ain't real. <laughs> right, it has a rarity rating of eight. Oh, you're doing this on purpose. I've got the Bombay, which uh, the cat fact that it's completely black except for its golden eyes. Um, it's a rarity of two. I thought the Bombay was a duck. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've got my final card, which is an American bobtail. Yes. Uh, and that cat fact for this card is a group of cats is called a clouder. 
C L O W D E R. I didn't know that. I just thought a gang, a cat, group of cats was just a gang. Yes. Uh, rare, was it rarity? An encumbrance of yeah. cats. Oh God. It's the intention of cats. Uh, rarity rating of six only. Yes. I've got an Abyssian, that's a hell of a name. Uh, Rarity 4, so I've lost. So, whitewash for me. Yeah! <laughs> right, let's let his speech. Yeah, so, one full point for me, no points for anybody else, not that I'm gloating at all. I'd like to thank you, the Cats Protection League, for providing me a stray cat. Uh, the Bengal region of India for providing me a tiger. <laughs> Uh, animator for bro- providing me with gumball, <laughs> and, the, and the Turkish for providing me with a van. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. we'll play that again next week. Yes. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we were supposed to have a horror set of cards, but Amazon let me down on shipping. Very disappointing. For the rest oh, of us, Ryan, that <laughs> round was really horrific. Yes. Hey everybody, John Barrowman here, and you are listening to Brum Radio. Uh, that's it from us for this week. Sorry it should be a short one, but I uh, hope you've enjoyed our werewolf-themed lunacy. I'm away next week, so George and Keith are taking over the studio. It's a sidekick takeover. Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to the Geeky Brummy Show on Brum Radio. This week, it's a sidekick takeover episode where myself, Keith... And George. Hi. Are taking over from Ryan, who's away in Star City, helping out Oliver Queen, Green Arrow and his crew on some crime-fighting adventure. We're joined in the studio this week by producers extraordinaire, Sean. Hello, hello, hello. And Guy. Good afternoon. (laughs) Sultry intro there from Guy. Also, uh, our our, um, cosplayer, uh, Dave. The other half of Safe Harbor Cosplay. Hey, guys. And our very special guest, Joe Kravetch, who's going to be talking to us later. Hello, Joe. Hello, everyone. Hi, I'm Dave Massey, and you're listening to Geeky Brummy on BrumRadio.com. We're going to move on to a segment uh, with our guest this week, uh, Joe Kravec, which I think I'm pronouncing pro- uh, correctly. Uh, this year saw Joe uh, artist Angus Medford and letterer Zach Sam self-publish their first comic, Blood. Uh, it launched in the run-up to the Comics Festival earlier this year, which we mentioned on the show already. Uh, and the comic so far has been a huge success, selling out of Nostalgia and Comics in Birmingham, various comic stores across the country, quite a few, several shops in London. Uh, and it's been picking up rave reviews. I've seen YouTube uh, videos and reviews for the, the comics, you know, saying really great things about it. Uh, so we've been lucky enough to entice Joe into the studio this week to talk about yeah, our comics. Yeah, because I'm so famous. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're a local celebrity, Joe. Uh, apparently, yeah. Um, So the comic's inspired by a true story. Uh, When did you decide to tell this story and why did you choose comics as your medium? Well, this story is like the oldest story that my mum ever told me. It's the very first story that she told me about the night when the ghost of my dead uncle came back and saved my life when I was a baby. So this story has been in me now since I was a nipper. So it's always been there to tell. It's interesting that I chose comics to do it. I'm not sure what the prompting was. I guess that in my mind, I've always seen it as a picture. Like I can see Jeff look up from the cot, look at my mom and look back again. So I got into writing, um, reading comics about four years ago. I'm pretty new to comic reading for someone of my age. And um, yeah, I just, I started seeing this story again in my head and I saw it in panels and I thought, got to do it I've got to write it it's a comic it's not a book it, it's pictorial so and that's when I, I did it um, I started in May 2015 last year scripting it and we published in April this year so that's a rough timeline so did you decide did you decide just to write it because um, 
you've got Angus who's done a brilliant job with the book. Yeah. So did you kind of write the story before you discovered Angus or did you go about looking for an artist before you started writing? And kind of how does that relationship work between yeah, yourself uh, and the artist? Yeah, this is a really interesting process actually. I'm really lucky. I didn't look for an artist. The artist found me. I posted some uh, my first ever comic script online which was a piece of DC fan fiction which reimagined the Justice League as rock and rollers, right? So I had um, Batman as Johnny Cash and I had the Joker as Jerry uh, Lee Lewis. This, this sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Really people does. really, really took to this. Um, and this guy off Twitter said, wow, I'd love to draw that. And it was the first thing I'd ever put online. I went, go ahead, go on, do it. Um, I found out he was based in Coventry and we started messaging each other. Met him at Thought Bubble and um, we became friends and he started coming around my house. Um, he's best friends with my husband now. And we just like hung out once a month, just having a creative couple of days with each other, getting to know each other, uh, looking at each other's processes. I looked at uh, some of his older stuff that he'd done. Angus Medford has done small comics before. He's never done a, f a full comic. And they'd all got very dark themes. And he's got a family history similar to mine it's 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 full of tragedy and it's very very west midlands based so there was a, almost an instant yeah. connection between yourselves yeah, on, a, was, on that level there was there was on that level and then um basically what happened was i said to him look we can never make money from this fan fiction thing uh, you you can't you know you're not allowed to buy dc you get shut down you know and they're they're not gonna take me you know so let's make our own and i'd got this idea in mind and I said I'm gonna get you to draw the story and I sat him down and told him the ghost story and he was like we are doing this so we started that process and, and that's how it came about really so how did Zach get involved as a, as a letterer because most people wouldn't think of they think of the writer and the artist but when you've got like colorists but your, your book at the moment is, is a black and white book yeah, but you've got Zach and the lettering is really integral to the whole story because yeah, it's yeah, you know a lot of what's yeah. going on is, is in, the, in the dialogue and in the words yeah. so how did Zach get involved? Well when I joined Twitter about three years ago I met two amazing people firstly Heather Antos and secondly her boyfriend soon to be married next year yes, they, they are planning as we, you know, as, yeah. as we go on yeah um and we became friends and through this process of friendship and sparking off each other heather is now the assistant editor of marvel in charge of deadpool and star wars so and zach is a letterer he's actually been employed by aftershock so i am I am really, really lucky. I am very, very, very well connected. But that's because I'm marvellous, <laughs> you know, and people naturally say to did, me. Did the distance have any impact on that? Because um, Heather and, and Zach are based primarily in the United States. I yeah. know they visit every so often. but Well, she's visited me once. Um, not in these days of, like, internet. This is the marvellous thing about comics. You know, if you look at some professionals, especially those who work at the Big Two, some of the teams never meet each other. Now, from my point of view, knowing Angus as I do, I, couldn't, I could not envisage that on blood. Like, my artists, I have to know. I say my artist like he belongs to me, and, you know. <laughs> like the artist, I, I have to know, I have to meet him. It's, it's been, he writes it with me. But for things like lettering, 
it's it's not as crucial. Yeah, that pro that process comes further down yeah. the line. You've self-published this this comic, so was it was that an easy process? How did you go about doing that? Uh, no, it's not an easy process when you're like me and you're very anxious and you're a control freak. You know, um, it's but for other people, they'd probably be more chilled out. But um, basically, the key to it is finding a great printer. And I'm going to give a shout out to someone now, um, a guy. You can follow him on Twitter at comic printing uk hello rich hi um rich is like this amazing guy he does a lot of printing for small press and it's your printing that really is crucial in my in my experience he's professional he just gets it done and he was on holiday in the united states when we were printing this thing so um getting a good printer is crucial um you have to learn to rely on your artists like because it Angus and I came together the way we did. I presumed he got a lot more experience than he had, and we are learning together, and that can be tough, you know. There's been, wow, we argue, but that, you know, but that's an amazing part of the process, you know. Uh, like, I think the, the stories that you hear about, like Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, and I'm always like, we like O'Neill and Adams. <laughs> Come on, you know, it's, yeah. I, like, I've been through it once, and I made a great big fuss of it, and I know that next time I'll make the same fuss again. Yeah. I'll find the same problems, but it doesn't matter. Anyone can do this. Yeah, because it's, it's a great quality product, even though it's a, it's a small yeah. press and a, and a very yeah. kind of low print run. The actual weight of the papers, the quality yeah. of the covers, the printing is, yeah. is fantastic, and it's a very professional-looking yeah. product, and, yeah. you know, the, the content's fantastic as well. And I've seen a few, I've read a few reviews online, had a look at a couple of um, YouTube videos where people have been talking about it, but how have you found the reception to the book? Um, amazing, amazing. Um, people have just picked it up and gone, this isn't your first comic. Yes, it is. I've written my first comic, and it's damn good, you know. Um, I think the best review I got was off a reader who he's read the first issue and there's a character in it it's uh, my main character Lucy Bevan her grandfather is called Clarence Catcher and he's going through this process with her and uh, he said I'm really scared about what's going to happen to Clarence please please don't kill him off because Clarence is actually suffering from cancer in this comic and I was like I've done my job as a writer I've done my job I've got someone to buy into a character that's all you want you know I've done it Brilliant. So we've got Small Press Day coming up on the yeah. um, 9th of July. Are you going to be doing anything for that? Well, I am, yeah. I'm lucky enough to have been invited by the amazing comic book store that is Nostalgia and Comics. This is happening on Saturday the 9th of July from uh, 11 o'clock. We're going to have rolling panels of people, small press, the best in small press from the Midlands, all represented. Um, that's all being finalised as we speak. So follow um, Nostalgia and Comics on Twitter and Facebook to keep updated in that. So it's going to be rolling panels, three at a time, lots of small press. Yeah, there's some, there's some great small press titles out there. Lots of really interesting comics mm -hmm. being produced at the moment outside of the big uh, publishers. Um, so when will we see issue two of Blood? And have you got any other stories waiting to be explored? Yeah, issue two is coming in September. So... Um, basically the first story arcs three issues I've got six story arcs come on board you know watch two people develop and bloom into like the most amazing team ever we are going to win an Eisner one day I know <laughs> it right but as for other stuff I've got um, planned um, I'm actually doing a PhD in history so I'm hoping to bring together my research in the local history of the black country 
and comics. I'm actually learning to draw at the moment, so I'm developing um, a range of zines to basically get history out to the masses. So that's another one to look for. Um, follow my website, www.2000bc.net, um, uh, to keep abreast of this lifelong project. Fantastic. Thank you for coming in, Joe. We're going to get you to hang around. We're going to get you to join in on our top trumps because at the moment our guest top trumpers haven't done particularly well. So I'm no. hoping that you're going to, you're going to be the one that uh, takes I our guests no up. I have no idea what top trumps is. I'll teach you. Don't You'll worry. You'll learn as we go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Guy Halford and you can hear me on the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 o'clock on brumradio.com. Tune in. I'm sure you'll have a good time. Now, we've shut Ryan in the cupboard for uh, for this episode. Keith and I are taking over. Don't say it's in the cupboard. <laughs> People are supposed to think he's away. Whoops. Giving the game away. As uh, Geeky Brummery's Batgirl and Nightwing, we thought well, we would talk about our favourite sidekicks. Um, I noticed that there are actually two of us in the studio wrapping Batgirl and our merchandise choices today, so I think I might guess of some favourites of some other people in the room. <laughs> what is everybody's favourite sidekicks? Like, stand out awesome sidekicks from comics, books, movies. Keith, who's your favourite? I'm going to go with the, the traditional one of Robin, because he's one of those uh, characters that, uh, the for me, sidekicks are always the most interesting characters. You've got your main guys, you've got your big superheroes who don't really change and evolve over time, but your sidekicks always t seem to do, and Robin's a great example, because we've had Dick Grayson. I think Dick my, Grayson, my personal favourite Robin, I think, Dick Grayson. Yeah, and he, but, but he went on and evolved and he became Nightwing and then we had kind of Jason Todd and we've had Tim Drake and then we've had Damian Wayne and all of that kind of stuff so the development of sidekicks is always really interesting the same a lot, a lot in DC comics a lot of sidekicks so Kid Flash uh, Wally West who then became the Flash after kind of crazy things happened in the DC universe so for me sidekicks are always those most interesting evolving characters yeah they've got room they're allowed to grow definitely Dave I know you've got strong feelings about Nightwing yeah well given that Nightwing's one of the ones I have cosplayed in the past. Yeah, Nightwing's always a favourite. <laughs> I'll admit, I'm not a massive DC reader. I think at the moment I've kind of given up on comics, Just, but we'll talk about that later. Who stands in for, stands out for you then? Um, Sidekick-wise, I'm, I'm going to go more movie-related. Um, characters like Kato from uh, uh, from the Pink Panther movies. Uh, the, the late, <laughs> Excellent great, choice. Cook, you know. What, born and raised what, in Warrington, I believe, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and just the, the interaction between him and Peter Sellers was incredible to watch. Just, you know, the random jumping out from on top of the cupboard or behind the door or something, and then the classic, not now, Keto. <laughs> we can't talk about psychics without mentioning Chewbacca, of course. I think the, the ultimate awesome sidekick. <laughs> Surely the best one ever. Or Dr. Watson, actually, probably leads on sidekicks. If we're going to go with um, Chewbacca... Um, can we count Muttley as well? <laughs> Definitely, he counts as a sidekick. What about you, Joe? Any favourites other than Batgirl? Um, yeah, other than <laughs> Batgirl. I'd have to say Damien Wayne. I'm such a massive fan. You know, when uh, uh, Patrick Gleason did Robinson of Batman recently, you know, I, I like him so much because he's such a little... Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he just... He just, just really disses his dad like non-stop he, he's his own man you can't really say he's a psychic can you yeah. he just does his own thing but another, batman's another interesting one because we've got he just seems to have everybody a psychic because we alfred pennyworth as well who must yeah. be the ultimate kind of valet butler sidekick <laughs> he's got the entire bat family bat girl nightwing yeah. robin yeah. bat woman bat dog at Ace one point the bat hound yeah yes. Ace the bat hound yeah now titus but yeah for a man who's supposed to be like on his own and brooding he's got a lot 
<laughs> a lot of family, a lot of friends, a lot of people who know that he's, you know, Bruce Wayne. It just doesn't hold together, <laughs> yeah, does he's, it? He's a very happy guy, yeah, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe him at all. I don't think he's miserable. Now, this, 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 this is a question I want to ask to see if we can finally work out who is the sidekick in Scooby-Doo? Because we've got Scooby, yeah. we've got Shaggy. Who's the sidekick? Because sometimes mm. Velma... Uh, um, Daphne and Fred, I'd say they're the sidekick to Shaggy and Scooby. But oh, is there a, the have we got a definitive gang. answer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you forgot Scrappy Doo. We don't talk about Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Everybody forgets Scrappy Doo. Fred was only there for the ladies. Come on. <laughs> Clearly. You know, but an ascot. You know, everybody should be rocking an ascot. <laughs> Absolutely, a solid fashion statement. I think, yeah, the Scooby Doo is one of those strange ones. No, we had this conversation last week about this, that the, the show is named after Scooby Doo, so surely he's not the sidekick. But does that make Shaggy the sidekick? But they're the main characters of the piece. Yeah, tweet in. Tell us who is the sidekick in Scooby Doo. Sean and Guy. You know, you're our sidekicks almost. I don't, I don't, <laughs> Ryan the says that. We, me and me and me and George think you're like integral to the whole thing. But you know, what, any thoughts? I'd go with that. Yeah. Yeah, the Sean and Guy show. We should we should start. Oh, the Guy and Sean show. <laughs> Are you we, not starting that anyway? <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that. Yeah, two, two o'clock on the Pulse Brum Radio. It's happening today. What a beautiful segue into a plug for another show. It yeah. was. It's going to be brilliant. Almost like it was planned. <laughs> Everybody's forgetting like a massive sidekick here. Millhouse. Millhouse, an excellent choice, definitely. How did we forget The Simpsons? <laughs> definitely the best sidekick. And as, as well, if we're we talking films, Short Round in Indiana Jones yeah. and the Temple Always of Doom. Always a classic. See, I've just got Family Guys just popped into my head, so I've got Stewie and Brian straight away. Just the, the, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're one of the, my favourite <laughs> cartoon duos. Absolutely. Paddy McGuinness, the Peter Kay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> real life sidekicks. <laughs> and... Or deck. Oh. Yeah, which which one is the sidekick in that situation? And or deck. As a northerner, neither. <laughs> the definitive authority on northerness. I'm just trying to think of any other sidekicks that, that, that are out there that, that, that everybody kind of knows, that perhaps they know more oh. than the character they're associated with. I promised uh, the girls at work that I would talk about Russell from Up. He's their favourite sidekick. He's the, the kid who turns up and just demands to be part of the story. I think that is perhaps an important sidekick element. It's somebody who actually the hero possibly doesn't really want there, but who just keeps turning up, insisting on being part of the action. <laughs> I think lots of Robins are actually classic of that, of turning up saying, no, I'm going to do this, thanks. That's, that's until some of the audience get an 0800 number to ring up and get rid of them. Exactly, yeah. Well, funnily enough, have you noticed none of us have spoken about any of the Marvel sidekicks? Yeah. No. Well, yeah, an obvious one for me is Bucky Barnes. Yeah. That's what I'm looking ah. at here. The ultimate, yeah. he transcends, doesn't he? Yeah. You know. Falcon as well. Yeah, Falcon. Amazing. See, one of my personal Marvel sidekicks is uh, Rick Jones, because he's yes. been sidekicks mm, to Marvel, yeah. he's been sidekicks to Bruce Banner, he's been a sidekick to Rom the Space Knight. I think Marvel sidekicks seem to sort of, for me, seem to tip into a lot of that bromance territory. I think definitely yeah. talking about Bucky Barnes there. I mean, if anybody saw Civil War, they yeah. could have just called that that Captain America and the Battle of the Bromance. I think with Falcon and Bucky Barnes scrabbling over who Cap loved best. I think. <laughs> I, I think Cap's heart is always going to be with Bucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely put the world at risk for that guy, didn't he? You know, like with his <laughs> his emo hair. There is definitely something going on, isn't there? Yeah. Definitely. And it leads a, it adds a lot of weight to that moment with Tony and uh, Steve where he says, but he's my friend. And <laughs> Tony's all like, 
So was I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool. Oh, romance Yeah, so if anybody's got any other sidekicks that we might have missed or characters they think are, are sidekicks that, that should get more attention, perhaps their own spin off shows, uh, TV shows, radio shows, books of their own, I'm sure there's lots of fan well, fiction out there. Sidekicks you really hate. Tell us the ones you really don't like as well. You can tweet us at Geeky Brummy, let us know. Hi, I'm Mike Carey, a former writer on X Men, Ultimate Fantastic Four, Lucifer, The Unwritten, and Hellblazer. And you're listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Okay, I'm here with Nick from Miss Imp, the uh, improvisation group. We'll be talking about their show, Millions of Voices, the improvised Star Wars show, which is part of the Birmingham Improv Festival. Nick, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the show, about Millions of Voices? Sure. Um, I don't know if everyone who's listening will have seen Star Wars, but something very important happens in A New Hope, which is a planet of old drums is destroyed by Darth Vader as mm-hmm. an act of revenge against Princess Leia for not revealing the location of the rebel base. It seems kind of important, but it's never mentioned again in any of the films, which is kind of sad that there's a whole world destroyed in a heartbeat. So our show is about what happens on the planet of Aldran in the 12 or so hours before it gets annihilated by the Death Star. <laughs> Fantastic. Think it's a missing story that needs to be filled in somewhere. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, you're right. It never gets mentioned again. I'd never really thought about that. <laughs> it's absurd. I think the same thing is going to happen with The Force Awakens. Yeah. They destroyed Coruscant. It's probably never going to come up again. Does that mean a sequel for you guys, then, and what happened between those as well? I hope so, very much, yes. We will be definitely <laughs> trying a sequel for this. It's the only way we can get a franchise and merchandise out of it. <laughs> Always important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how does the, the, improv, the improv element of the show actually work? Does it mean that people give you ideas, or does it just you make it up as you go along every night? Or Sure, good question. What we will get from the audience is a title. Mm-hmm. So, like Empire Strikes Back and New Hope, the terrible prequels that don't really exist. All of these have a, a proper subtitle, and that's what we'll get from the audience. It doesn't matter what it is, it can be ridiculous. We did uh, Great Expectations in Leicester, and we've had lots of other weird, ridiculous titles in rehearsal and we'll base the entire show on what we get as a title. Fantastic. How do you prepare for an improv show? I'm guessing that the rehearsal process is not exactly the traditional one of learning lines. No, it did, yeah, distressingly not. That would make it a lot easier. Um, we, we basically run the show and we do a lot of improv work generally for scenes and building characters and playing together and playing with each other so that we can surprise each other and do weird stuff without it going horribly wrong on stage. <laughs> uh, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, which is the nice thing about improv, of course. Of course. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice mix of quite silly, quite clever. Uh, there's a reasonable amount of Star Wars references in it, but if you've never seen Star Wars, it's not going to make any difference because no one knows what happened on Alderaan anyway. And even if you go looking it up in the expanded Star Wars universe stuff, there's almost nothing about it. So <laughs> we have complete freedom to make it up, and we practice making stuff up all the time. That sounds like a lot of fun. Practice making stuff up. Excellent. <laughs> Why Star Wars? Why did you guys pick that as a theme? Um, I'm not certain. It came out of a, a, a car trip between three of us because we were talking about wanting to do uh, more sort of science fiction shows. There's some great science fiction improv out there, but we wanted something that would be a bit different and a bit special. And with the return of Star Wars, we were inspired to think about what was missing. Yeah. And we ended up with millions of voices. Because uh, it's something that everyone knows a little bit about Star Wars, even if they haven't seen Star Wars, it's, it's become such a sort of cultural phenomenon that you can't you can't really live without knowing who Darth Vader is and about the Force. You might not know the, the horrible, tedious details, but <laughs> we know some of them, and, and we'll get some of them into the show. And we get to play droids. <laughs> I love playing sort of protocol droids. It's great fun. <laughs> is that your favourite bit to do? 
Yes, uh, several of us compete to play droids. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, last week we were all droids. It was fun. <laughs> if we want to see this fabulous show, where can we come and see you? Uh, if you want to see this show, you need to come to the Blue Orange Theatre on the 24th of June. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah as, as I mentioned. I believe. So, so if I mentioned, uh, as I mentioned earlier, yeah, this is part of the Birmingham Improv Festival. So if you want to find out more about the show, you can go to birminghamimprovfestival.com. Nick, thank you very much for talking to us. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's time to play Top Drums. Okay, it's that time again where we buy a packet of cards and we read the statistics on the cards and we try and pinpoint a winner. This week, Ryan's not here, so I'm going to try and get David to sabotage his go. <laughs> this is revenge for Michael Douglas Gates. <laughs> you okay. do that. <laughs> yes, yes he would. Okay, so this week we've got uh, Marvel's Mightiest Heroes, I believe the pack was called. Yeah, Marvel Who is the Mightiest. Who is the Mightiest. Yeah. Well, so, so the station's finest. <laughs> <laughs> and the selection of packs we had, our, our guest Joe was the one who selected this one. Yes. Yep. So I've got a recap of the scores. I've actually finally managed to work out where we're all at with our scores, which is a it's professional now. You know, I'm going to make a wall chart with this on. We need to have a Blue Peter style wall chart going. We That's do. it. Oh, we need to do that. Gold stars. So we badges. <laughs> I think we should. Gold yeah. stars. That's a brilliant idea. Instead of the geek, uh, Blue Peter badge, we could have a geeky Brummy badge. Yes. That's brilliant. <laughs> so welcome. Half a point is the producers me and you sure we're not doing well mate uh, on half a point as well George you ain't doing so great either half a point I thought I had a point you, oh, know, no. you don't have a point you're, oh, down, you're down on the lower levels gutted. with the rest of us and guests you ain't doing so well either no I'm not to blame for this <laughs> this was done before I got here bear so. in mind Joe that half a point came from a guest who didn't even play didn't actually play last week <laughs> wow that's, that's, that's particularly pathetic <laughs> Keith you're on a point Yay. That was a well-deserved point. That was, was, that was a hard forge. Yeah. And Ryan's on one and a half points, which I believe is a questionable score. But yeah, uh, it was well, def- it's a definite fix last birthday. week. Yeah, I think when he brings in cat cards and kind of seems to do an absolute whitewash of the rest of us, I think it's a bit tricky. Beat us all with a drawing of a cat. <laughs> yeah, but at this point, I have to mention that he had an extra card a couple of weeks back. So, <laughs> uh, so when everybody else had run out of cards, he could carry on playing by himself and <laughs> made, made sure that he won that week. <laughs> and we know you're listening right now, Ryan. <laughs> He's waving his fist at the radio as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Keith, as you're uh, you're behind the mic, do you want to take the first uh, first shot? So I'm I'm going to lead, and I'm going to lead with well, which I'm hoping is my least uh, good card, the <laughs> supervillain Reg Red Reg Skull Red Reg Skull. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, Red, skull. Red Skull, and I'm going to go with his uh, cunning score of nine. Mm. Dave is in for Ryan. Right. Um... I think I'm gonna go for Black Bolt, the King of the Inhumans. He's only got a cunning strength of four. Yeah, I'm gonna match you on that one. I've got Ghost Rider, uh, which the card inquires, is he alive or dead? Very dramatic. I also have a cunning score of four. Yeah, for me, it's gotta be Black Widow because she's got a cunning score of five. And I had to really say that word very carefully then. (laughs) (laughs) I've got... uh, Bruce Banner, not the Hulk, Bruce Banner, just individually, cunning six. I'm going to that. So, so Reg, Reg Skull wins that with a cunning score Red of nine. Red Skull's lesser known brother. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's Peaky Blinders' cousin. <laughs> okay, Dave. Dave, lead us with right. a category. He's pulling out his extra card right now. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely is. My name is not Ryan. <laughs> 
Um, right, I'm gonna go with Mordok, the mental organism designed only for killing. Sounds like a nice guy. Um, and I'm gonna go with his technology, which is in 95. I think you've just picked the only one you could have beaten me with. I'm holding in my hand the top trump card of Spider-Man, but unfortunately his technology score is only 25. He builds his own web shooters. Yeah, surely that would be higher. Disappointed Spider-Man. Modoc is just a big machine, though, so... <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I think the best I can do, I've got Nova, and he's got a 45. This is really miserable at the moment <laughs> for me. Come on. This card comes with a sense of arrogance, because the character's quite arrogant, so I'm going to be really arrogant about this. Tony Stark, 100. Ooh, oh, yeah! Oh, God! <laughs> oh, OK. Uh, so, I, I think I'm going to play, from, from a genetic accelerator, Spider-Woman. Uh, unfortunately, her technology score is only 23, so not as good as Reg. I was so smug about that, I'd already wrote the point down for me and Sean before. He's <laughs> taking his go. Iron Man would be proud. <laughs> it's, all, it's almost like Robert Downey Jr. is in the room with us. <laughs> Definitely. Right, I need to climb something back. I need to get that half point back that I thought I had. Uh, I'm going to go with Black Panther. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, his appearances. He's appeared in comics 1,874 times, which is a lot more than I thought. That really is. I have got the ace archer, Hawkeye, who has appeared a stonking 3,418 times. Get in! Uh, I've got Iron Man appearances. Don't you dare. 6,542. No, no, no! Iron Man and Tony Stark. <laughs> Somebody that, didn't that, shuffle this some, cards very well. Something seems very dubious about this. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a very FIFA feeling uh, thing about this. I thought I was going to be okay. I've picked the powerful sorcerer who is Doctor Strange. Uh, he's got 3,123 appearances. Okay, and bringing it home, Daredevil, only 3,257. Yes, I beat that oh. one. Yes. Oh, I think I think we know who won this week then. Yeah. 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 Have we not got, have we not all got one card? Fix. One more yeah. card to go. Nope, cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's uh, yeah, I think it says it all really, Sean. I think um, yeah, we've done well this week, mate. We finally got another point on the board. Yeah, easy. I couldn't have really, we couldn't have done it without Bruce Banner. Uh, Tony Stark and his alternate identity, Iron Man. I mean, to be honest with you, we've pulled a great set out here. Hey, it's been phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to thank Guy for all of his support. Mate, it's been great. It's been it's great working <laughs> yeah, with you on this. Let's start high-fiving. Yeah, woo! It's great Ow! working with these Avengers. You know, they really pull it through for us as a team. You know, they really are the mightiest. And we're the mightiest in the studio right now. That's true. I'm fairly certain we couldn't get any more arrogant right now. No, no, we are super smug. Keith, how do you feel about <laughs> losing? With the look on your guys' faces, I feel very, very bad about win losing, not winning. Yeah. I just say, this is not good. I feel very bitter. Yeah. Very, very, <laughs> very bitter. I think I'm going to go and curl up in the corner with, uh, yeah. with Ryan and cry. Sorry, Ryan. I'm like revengeful bitter. You've know, <laughs> yeah. just created a supervillain. This, this is a yeah. whole new story for a comic book. <laughs> a, a, vengeful a vengeful villain who takes out radio producers in the dark of night. Uh-oh. This is it. Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's the same thing twice. <laughs> I'm getting it now. <laughs> now we're going to run into a small section uh, I'd like to call Reaction, where I'm just going to ask our um, colleagues and guests for their thoughts on some of the things that have been happening in Geeky News over the past few weeks. So we're going to head out with uh, the Rogue One reshoots that have been announced over the last few weeks and just have mm. people got any particular thoughts about that. 
I don't think it's necessarily distressing news. I'm trying to take it as a sign that they're taking it really seriously. This should be really good. And that clearly if the cause is not there yet, I'd rather they reshot, to be honest, to make it as awesome as possible. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, from what the various reports that have gone around Facebook, there's stuff where they're saying that it's it's come out too dark and that they want to, like Disney want to add in a little bit of the, the Force Awakens style levity and personally given that it's it's pre A New Hope it should be um, I think it should be quite dark and you know it's it, I'm looking forward to it but it makes me wonder how it's going to turn out Joe, have you got any thoughts? Yeah I think they've reshot it because Donnie Yen is so awesome that they need like some kind of new camera to shoot him to get it all in. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree because with that. when I saw this trailer, I, I'm not into Star Wars at all. But as soon as I saw that Donnie Yen was in it, I was like, I am on this. I will be there on opening night. So that's Bring an exclusive on. reveal as to why they're reshooting. I think in this <laughs> age of the internet and stuff, it's information that uh, just makes people worry. I'm sure back in the day, before the internet, before um, blogging and all the rest of it. If films went through reshoots, we just didn't know. We just got the exactly. film at the end of yeah. the day, yeah. and we liked it, and it was all good. Um, on a similar vein, Ghostbusters is about to hit us in the next few weeks, and we've had some of the international trailers. I personally think I'll go and see it. I'm not. I, I'm quite happy to see Kirsten Wig and the rest of them uh, shoot their proton packs at um, ghosts. I'm quite looking forward to it. So, anybody else have any thoughts? I yeah. literally can't wait for this film. <laughs> I might be the only one. Other than you now, Keith, I can't wait for it. It's a winning combination. McCarthy, brilliant. You know, she falls over a lot. <laughs> yeah, wig, brilliant. And the two ladies of Saturday Night Live, absolutely fantastic. They Definitely. are spot on Kate McKinnon, fantastic. Yeah, I'm a fan of a lot of the actresses involved, which does make me feel a lot better about it than I would, I think. I think it's a shame that they're not tying it into kind of the canon of Ghostbusters. I think that's, yeah. it would have been nice if they kind of we find some sort of way to attach the two stories together I think that that would have been my preference multiple universes it's happening on TV yeah, it's but it happening would have been elsewhere nice. it would have been nice just to bring it in but uh, yes I am a big fan of a lot of the a lot of the cast involved so I think that's bound to help the quality Joe? I think that people ought to grow up and learn that sometimes women can act in movies definitely and no one is going to take my right away to wear a proton back and bust some ghost sass so <laughs> just get over it there are women leading this film. Thank um, you. Girls the, can bust ghosts too. There's a shot in the trailer of Kirsten Wig letting loose with that proton pack, which is just fantastic. And I, I, I'm all over that, I want to see that. Um, and recently we've had DC reboot their universe under the guise of rebirth after various things, crises, flashpoints, infinite crisis, crises, all the rest of it. Um, some things that are happening are interesting. Some things are working in its favour. I've read the just the first uh, issue of the DC rebirth title itself. And up until the last few pages, I was quite happy with it. But I think they've done something there that I, they did. I don't think they needed to. They could have done everything with that story without introducing that element from a classic, completely self-contained story from the 1980s. I think Joe is our, our, our one on this one. Yeah, um, I haven't read actually the main Rebirth title yet. Um, I got into comics because of DC. I just... I don't know, maybe I'm getting cynical, it's just another reboot and it's yeah. just DC's way of saying sorry for what they did originally when they got rid of everybody's favourite characters and wondered why everyone was up in arms, you know, yeah, characters which were quite diverse. Yeah, New know. 52 was, was not 
not that great. Yeah, there's some titles for the new 52 that I love and really, really enjoy, but yeah. in general, there was a lot of upset. Yeah. It does feel like a bit of an apology to the fans. Yeah, and it, it is nice to have kind of a stepping on point for newer comic readers to come into the, the universe at, at an opening point. Yeah. So if people have got any thoughts, theories about Rogue One reshoots, Ghostbusters, or their thoughts on the DC rebirth, if they tweet in their thoughts to us at, at Geeky Brummy. Pip, pip all, it's Mr. B, the gentleman Rhymer here. You're listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Thanks. Welcome back next week. We're taking over now. This is it. Thanks to all our guests. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Bye. Thanks for having us, guys. It's time to touch upon the week in Cork TV, and cu- touching upon is all we seem to manage to do because there's so many series to say we can't do them all justice, but let's try. This week, some of our favourite series climaxed which was fantastic we'll get into that in a bit but others are continuing their merry way towards their own resolutions and few episodes yet left for other series so let's touch upon them first and let's say touching upon it's my phase of the day anyway supergirl uh, or should i say super flash it's the crossover everyone it's what we've been waiting for uh, the flash arrives in earth 2 earth 3 earth 4 whichever one Kara danvers is on a flash arrives and shakes up supergirl's world or does, does he is he really just there to be a third wheel in the jimmy olsen relationship i don't know it looked like he was just there to be victim to a superhero a super villain team and the first time they combated livewire and banshee it was hard for them not the Best make um, best makeover on Banshee, but what can you do? Probably just uh, aping the comic. But then, yeah, the second time they did it, it was just easy, wasn't it? Just yeah, just work together. That's clever. We'll do it. We've got it. And then there was a cliffhanger towards the end with Myriad uh, taking over people's minds, Doctor Who style, and making people walk suggestively towards the Cyberman factory. I don't know. Or was it like David Tennant's first episode where uh, the Sycorax were there? But I don't know what Myriad's going to do. But uh, everyone's under its spell apart from Supergirl. Just as she was about to kiss Jimmy Olsen, isn't it always the way? The Flash disappeared. That we got to do to travel across universes is run really fast and then get thrown at top speed. It's a bit like uh, if you were running at light speed or say the Starship Enterprise going as fast as it can but can still fire torpedoes forwards. It's a bit like that. Then you can go through the uh, reality barrier if Supergirl throws you at top speed. It was a bit confusing at the end. But uh, it's a metaphysical puzzle. If you're running at top speed and then get pushed, uh, I can't work it out. But yeah, and then flashes back to where we should be. And I think that took place when Barry Allen was headed to Earth 2. So a few episodes back in uh, the Flash lore, not quite synchronised. But uh, hey, out of time as well, he can run through time, so who knows. Yes, good episode of Supergirl. Nice to see a crossover. I think they worked well. They worked together on Glee. I'm sure it was a lot of people are shipping a relationship that was that could never be, but who knows. A great episode, actually. A very good episode. Moving on, series of the moment, I think, is Gotham. It's going, doing very well at the minute. There's so many different layers of things to go. I mean, they're using... They've sort of dropped any pretense to be serious. And last week, or the week before last, was like one of the highlights for me when you had uh, Azrael sword fighting around and being shot and then the Penguin arriving and just and his associates of course and blowing him up with a rocket launcher it's one of my favourite cut scenes in all of Cult TV in a long time uh, it almost needed a Buffy quote uh, what did that do just before he got blown up but uh, that was fantastic that was a week before that was one of the best episodes with the Riddler stuck in uh, Arkham and Catgirl I guess her name is trying to break in and Bruce Wayne trying to do that and again this week was uh, again layering more mystery upon intrigue as a mask lady that's bossing around Doctor Strange what's she doing don't know uh, cliffhangers upon cliffhangers uh, Firefly is out there and Cat has to be on her side so there's so much going on in Gotham and it's hard to work out Lucius Fox is part of the mix it's just so fantastic I'm really enjoying Gotham it's got natural superpowers apart from potentially a shapeshifter and another Jim Gordon out there Clayface hmm yeah it's all building up to a climax so they have all the people I wanted to come back Fish Moon be one of them don't know but what can you do ah Fish Moon she's back and she seems to have the power of hypnosis just like all fish I don't know maybe she can puff her, her cheeks out and go 
I can't do it on radio it's a radio thing and uh, a lot of people but yes could we not seen the Joker oh well if it was the Joker we no one knows so yeah great Gotham's really uh, impressing me at the minute this Doctor Strange is, uh, is hamming it up he's really really enjoyable character to watch and uh, the effects that he has on his inmates at Arkham Asylum He's going very well indeed. And they say we've got a cliffhanger with uh, a shape-shifted, clay-faced Jim Gordon. That's he going to be like? What's it, what habit will he wreak? And will uh, Gotham survive? And the, the only thing that's the bit bugging me about Gotham is uh, we've got the Riddler acting finely in the way he should. And, and as I'm sure he's not far off from finding a costume. We've got a lot of, of, of the Batman rogues. But they don't really not do it the Penguin. He just vanished for weeks after weeks, doesn't he? He turns up a rocket launcher, blows up, Azrael disappears. So hopefully the Penguin will find some closure too, but I'm sure he'll be the least happy to see the return of Fish Moon. I'm sure Fish Moon will uh, want revenge on him. Maybe that'll be a uh, safer Series 3, who knows? But it looks like she'll be rebuilding her empire. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Gotham uh, is one of the best series on television, not just cults, science fiction, whatever you want to call it. I'd put it up there of any of them, but uh, I'm sure that'll be an argument for another day. Anywho, uh, and then the only other series that has episodes left is uh, Legends of Tomorrow then we'll get onto our finales and see how they went penultimate episode of Legends of Tomorrow you can tell they're building to a climax uh, it was almost like homage to Star Trek on three separate fronts we had the search for Spock uh, stealing of the Enterprise or stealing of the Wade Rider back and uh, the other starships involved or timeships should I say conk out that felt very Star Trek didn't it uh, there was other elements into it there was a heroic sacrifice a bit like that of Khan everyone trying to uh, a punch to the face there's only way, one way to sacrifice you like you have to punch someone out first so they don't do it themselves but yeah, very intriguing. And Rory, not from Doctor Who, the other Rory, uh, back to uh, being Kronos and uh, still surviving his brainwashing and back on the, the proper team, the good team, if you want a better word. Firestorm split up, but want a half a spot. Firestorm with a miraculous return just at the right time to shoot up all the uh, gunmen and uh, the time lords, whatever you want, time agents being in league with the big bad. Even though the time agent threat seems to be over with the uh, free will now, they blew up most of the time agents home, uh, escaped, yeah it's just Vandal Savage that needs to be sorted out now, even though, as I say, we had a heroic sacrifice, very Wrath of Khan style, from spoilers, should have said, if you haven't seen it is this death going to stick? is going to remain dead one more episode I don't know you know we feel nothing if it's undone next week it was uh, Legends of Tomorrow yes that is uh, the series that will be back next week I'll be back to talk about them next week but finally our finales two series finished this week Goth the Flash and Shield are over it is climax time of course they ended on cliffhangers that's just they want to get you to come back and watch next year or tempt some people to give them money to actually come back for next season two finales one more confusing than if I put it that way The Flash I do love The Flash I, I'm very positive towards The Flash but there was a lot of technobabble this week when it comes to time remnants and I just about got my head around time remnants and running so fast that you go slightly back in time so then you convince the person either you sacrifice yourself and time continues it's like the Miles O'Brien in Deep Space Nine element in the episode where Deep Space Nine blew up oh that was that was such a good reference everyone understand that <laughs> I hate temporal mechanics and that was just a little bit confusing when they were to be honest as a person who likes motorsport I was happy that the entire series boiled down to a race uh, between Zoom and the Flash at the, who can run the fastest and charge up a dimensional reality bomb like Davos had and Doctor Who but yeah it was just a little bit too technobabbly somehow there was two flashes so he you know thank goodness Zoom rem reminded him he could do that maybe Zoom just wanted to be killed at the end uh, not before he got some more capturing in there Zoom just loves a capture he can't help it uh, he just has to capture someone oh. anyway so yeah that was a good a good finale but a little bit technobabbly uh, for the Flash when Flash is always the series that is a little bit too technobabbly but there was lots of good stuff and of course a cliffhanger Barry was so angry about everything that happened and all the sacrifices that were made 
uh, he ran furiously back in time and saved his mother from being killed by the reverse flash which again I really think you should have asked Oliver and Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and where the time agents were at this point I don't know but he has to really he's ruined the DC universe there probably is no DC universe now I'm sure the films aren't happening either or maybe that's he's undone it so much that now he's undone all the TV universe and we just have to watch Batman vs Superman and and the films because there's only one continuity now but yeah that is going to be confusing for series 3 when uh, different elements again it might be like like that Doctor Who episode where River saved the Doctor from dying and and, uh, all of the universe happened at once but he's ruined the timeline and he'll come back to a future that is not his so that'll be annoying but yeah they're, so they're basically they can reset things to series 3 and dead people can be alive again I bet you uh, the person the Abad Thorn Eddie Thorn will be alive I bet you that's a, just a bet I don't know anything uh, and that's maybe a way of bringing Supergirl into the canon so who knows but uh, it was a cliffhanger that confuses and baffles but doesn't really make me think oh I want to watch it just makes me think they can do what they want with series 3 <laughs> you know it's not like seeing uh, Wally uh, it's not like seeing the helmet like we did last year but uh, anyway cliffhangers are cliffhangers moving on uh, the last one of this year for the uh, shield as well and this was a beautiful finale the best episode I think finally all the disparate elements coming together between Hive's plans and even D.I. Clough isn't it yeah a touch of Clough even D.I. Clough was there being sarcastic it seemed both the evil and bad teams had a sarcastic person to remark the Australian guy on Hive's team and Detective Inspector Clough on the team of the good guys well he was I don't know what team he's on but he just uh, seemed to turn up anyway yeah he, he was a funny character I hope they st- he sticks around and uh, yeah so basically it was the redemption of Daisy who begged for forgiveness from Hive and wanted to be taken back and is so desperate to fill a hole to avoid a family she will do anything but in the end she was ready to sacrifice herself to prevent Hive from spreading his evil seed around the world and turning us all into cavemen like creatures but in the end she didn't get the chance to because Electric Boy very movingly I thought and this I'm not a big person for sentimentality or emotions but this was quite well done um, with Electric Boy taking uh, the last moment and knocking Daisy out of the jump ship and heading off into space which was very very emotional and then it all ended in a little blip which should have been like a bigger emotional explosion I think but it just went looked on the radar screen blip ends like, oh I can't afford the CGI explosion then but the good thing about it was there's a nice lament between himself and Hive who had realised that their game was both of them there's nothing they could do the game was up they're stuck in the ship but they both had like a heart to heart they just wanted to make the world a better places went about it a different way and that was a nice that was a, a well a greatly powerful scene i thought as well so uh, we're full circle with daisy now we're uh, we're back to shield trying to uh, find her and abduct her again which is kind of how we started when she was sky but uh, she has a superpower she's trying to do some good she gives the robin back to the family that was a nice touch we still got listen to tomorrow we still got got gotham and we still got uh, the others to see Supergirl of course as well but so far of the two are seen The Flash and S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, has been the best finale so far it's up to the others to see if they can do anything about it so that's been my week in cult TV I'm Ben Paul Hadsley thank you for listening to my reviews uh, one more looks like we've got one more week of finales to come although maybe a couple more in this case of Supergirl but yes it is that time of year so uh, it is building to a climax and it's exciting times thank you to ryan for allowing me to come on the show hope you're enjoying the show and uh, i'll see you next week bye thanks for listening to this brum radio podcast if you've enjoyed it please consider joining our listener supporters you can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash brum radio 
Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page, and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.